listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. Hey guys, I'm Jen and I'm here with Alice once again. Yes, as always. And um, today, welcome to episode 27. It is a, for us, it's like nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and the weather, it's very cold for a Sydney um, person. We like to complain. And um, we also are joined by a very special guest, if you would like to introduce yourself. Hi there, this is Natalie from Valley Queen. Happy to be with you guys this morning. It's actually, I'm in LA right now, it's 4pm here, so I'm like imagining you guys with like your coffees and like morning light. Yeah, and like bleary eyes. (laughs) And it's also winter here, so it's cold. is it yeah well look oh yeah y'all are in winter yeah but the thing is is like sydney or australia maybe sydney winter is not winter in other places like true our i don't know if it would be similar to like california but it's like always sunny so even now it's cold but the sun is out and the sky is blue it could be far worse (laughs) it could be worse it doesn't i prefer that i prefer that yeah but I guess, how is your um, summer day? <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's actually been oppressively, it gets oppressively hot here. And like once it turns over in LA, like I live on the east side of town, so we're not near the ocean. You know, it'll stay much more mild over there. But once it turns over into the summer months, it gets like up into the hundreds here and you're kind of just. You know, no California homes, like, really have... I mean, we have central air, but it's kind of rare in California to have air conditioners, so everybody's got their windows open and fans blasting over here. (laughs) But today, there's been some cloud cover, so it's been nice and cool, Mm. and um, I actually was just with the band. We were recording some... We've been working on demos for another record. I know our record just came out over there in Australia. It just got re-released, but we're starting to work on other stuff right now. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, and I guess, you know, for listeners that are just tuning in and maybe haven't heard, you know, about you guys, you know, how about you delve a little bit into, you know, Valley Queen and I guess what the band's kind of been up to? Yeah, so we're, we're a four-piece band and uh, we're based out of Los Angeles, California. And um, <clears throat> I write a lot of the songs and I met um, our bass player, Neil, about, it's been like, almost 10 years now which is wild when I first moved out here but I moved out here from Arkansas and uh, I came out here to study and um, got really involved and integrated into music when I was out here really for the first time and a lot of that was with my first band Um, uh, and Neil was in that band who's the bass player Valley Queen and we've kind of just kept this thing going over the years and it's you know, changed names, changed members, and now, like, the full iteration is Valley Queen, and uh, we put out our first full-length record this past year, it's called Supergiant, and um, put out an EP before that, and just continuing to write and put stuff out. Um, We got two singles coming out um, at the end of this month, which I'm really excited about, so... Yeah, that's kind of what we've been up to in a nutshell, as much as a nutshell as I can be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess talking about um, moving to LA maybe 10 years ago, like you said, what was the pull for you to move there? Was it because of music or did you just kind of want a change? No, you know, I always, I always sang. That was something that I always did as a form of, playing like I would always just go in the bathroom in the closet and just like sing and I always kind of imagined I would be a musician but growing up in Arkansas there wasn't really not a lot of people were really going for that I come from my dad is a heart surgeon and my mom is an anesthesiologist and my brother is in training to be a thoracic surgeon and his wife is an ER doctor so I'm surrounded by the medical field, and I kind of assumed that I would do that. But um, I don't know. I was feeling called to do creative stuff, but I didn't really know what that meant. But I felt a creative pull, and I love to sing. And I think 
moving out to Los Angeles, I came out here to study and I studied art history and thought I might be a curator or be involved in the art world somehow, but I think I just wanted to be an artist and I came out here um, to study art and it kind of just all somersaulted from there. Yeah, great. And do you find that the California scene, like in terms of music, is, you know, really vibrant and really like, you know, stimulating in a creative way? The California scene? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I do. I I really fell in love over the past, like, couple years with the California, like, guitar sound. And um, I don't know. It's just got its own distinct sound, you know, like Jonathan Wilson and Cass McCombs and the Skiffle Players. And um, I'm drawn to that sonic sphere, certainly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's a great there's a great community here, and um, I'm singing tonight. Our bass player, his girlfriend, has a band called Cosmo Gold that they're just starting, and I'm singing with them tonight. So there's always something to do. There's always a show to go to, and there's always people like working their asses off to make it happen. And it's inspiring and um, a stimulating place to be for that. I think, especially mm-hmm. right now, like lately, it's been really good. Yeah. That sounds really exciting. Yeah. Um, very different. Sydney, just, Sydney has a scene too. I feel like I've never been to Australia, but I'm seeing all these cool things coming out of Australia right now. Like with, I, I associate it with like Milk Records, and I know Hand Habits, who's LA-based, just signed with them. And there's definitely a cool relationship, I feel, between Australia and LA. Yeah, mm. I've heard a lot of people... You know yeah, yeah. I think that this Australian or maybe like the Sydney music scene is very unique in that there are only like a handful of places that you can go to find music. Like you can't, for example, like travel 10 minutes up the road and like see a band play. You have to really like seek it out, yeah. especially as a musician. If you want to play somewhere, you really have to look around and find those venues because sometimes it's not like easily Accessible. Or accessible or you might not know about it unless you really like dig deep but yeah. that being said I think it really has fostered this culture of you know people who want to do music are really hard working and oh, 100%. like a lot of musicians I mean a lot of Australians also end up moving to LA because of that <laughs> and also because like it's a lot easier to travel like to different places to actually do gigs whereas in Australia with the distance it's so hard for yeah. a lot of musicians exactly yeah, don't you have to fly? I mean, because we just released this album, you know, uh, we released it in your country and we've never been there and we really want to come and check it out. And, you know, all the friends I know who tour Australia talk about flying from gig to gig. Yeah, because mm. you can drive from state to state, like Sydney to Melbourne, for example. You can drive, but isn't it like 15 hours? Yeah. It's a really long a drive. <laughs> Um, when you can just catch a flight for an hour, like a, and a flights to Melbourne are pretty cheap. Like sometimes you can get flights for like thirty dollars each way. Wow! Um, All right, good tip. Yeah, I mean, like that's really cheap. Like once I flew to Brisbane from Sydney for twenty five dollars each way, so it was like fifty dollars return. But that's like crazy specials. Like an yeah. average flight to Melbourne is probably like seventy dollars. $60, you can probably get return for 100 It's pretty good. So it's not bad. It's not that bad. Um, it's better mm. than driving 15 plus hours. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Unless you really like the road trips, but like by the time you've like, you know, just done a couple because of Because there's not much on the way. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I guess a lot of musicians who aren't maybe as established, like for example, if I started a band and I wanted to do a tour across Australia, you would probably just buy a van and do that 15 hour drive. Yeah. You know? like, like you, you wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, have, have the means be- to fly, but flying is definitely the better option. <laughs> yeah. Those drives can get so brutal. Like eight hours is brutal. 16, like, you know, to get up, to get up the, uh, the energy to perform you know like those drives can really even though you're just sitting still and you're not doing anything it's mm. so strangely draining yeah oh for sure and so have you guys you know toured a lot internationally or has it still predominantly been within the u.s 
Um, a, a lot of our territory is the U.S. We do tour in Canada as well, and um, I always really like going up there. We do Toronto and Vancouver, and we did Winnipeg Folk Festival this past year, which is, my understanding, it's kind of like in the middle of Canada, like right above Montana in the U.S. So we've done Canada, and um, we have a lot of friends in Mexico, and I think the last time I checked, our our top listening city was Mexico City, and I've, I've never been to Mexico before, but um, I'm interested to go there, too. But, like, as of right now, it's just the U.S. and Canada, and we've, we've toured a lot, you know, and mm-hmm. we're starting to recognize you know, gas stations in Indiana at this point, because we've been doing it for a few years and, like, just building up our audience here, and it's been really fun, but I think we are really curious and interested in going to new territories and Mm. experiencing new musical environments, you know? Yeah, Mm, absolutely. So I guess with having toured across the U.S. and even Canada a lot, do you find that, like are most of your musical influences from that area or do you listen to, I guess, other, like music from other areas as well? Or like having toured, do you like, I guess you would probably have lots of friends now who are in bands. Um, yeah. Do you, yeah, I guess like what sort of music, It. I guess it will go into our next segment, but just yeah. as a like entry kind of question, um, what, yeah, who kind of, who were the artists that maybe inspired you to start the band or like who are you currently listening to or, yeah, big loaded question. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I hear what you're saying. I feel like uh, the influences question, like that's an always changing thing. And yeah. um, I definitely, there's definitely a Zeppelin influence that I like to mention about this band just because... Mm. There's a softer side to Zeppelin, and Zeppelin, I fell in love with them when I was a teenager, as I feel like a lot of people my age did, but we were all just getting into our parents' final at the same time, and we kind of thought, I thought I was like one of the only persons that knew about it, you know, when I was like that young, but that was definitely one of those first first bands that I really loved, and what I like about that band is there's a soft side to them, and you know their open tunings and their 12-string guitars as well as this like harder edge to them and I really like that gentle stuff and that's definitely um, inspired these two songs that are coming out this month. They're called Razor Blade in the Garden and um, they're in open tunings as some of Zeppelin's songs were and um, that was definitely an influence but you know it's always changing. Like, I've been really into listening to choral music lately. (laughs) I don't know where that's coming from, but I I think, like, soprano, choral, like, cathedral Mm. vocals are just some of the most beautiful tones and sounds, and I've just loved putting that on. I've, like, been into Laraji, who kind of does more ambient stuff. I really, I've loved... Uh, Sean, our guitar player, has gotten me into a lot of really cool ambient music, and he uh, he just recorded an ambient album that I played on. So just kind of going wherever, whatever feels good, and it's always kind of changing. Yeah, no, for sure. But I wanted to go back to you know you talking about Zeppelin because I finished reading um this biography on Jimmy Page, and just kind of like you know. Um, reflecting on just like how much of a mastermind like he was in terms of being the vision behind the band and just how like experimental it all was um, but also they had so many acoustic moments as well like you were talking about like you know the, the softer edge that they had as well as the hard rock side like they're such a great band yeah oh yeah they can be quite otherworldly Tolkien-esque and you know another thing I was thinking about too is a lot of I I think a lot of my musical inspiration actually comes from reading books and I I think a lot about this question and I feel like I'm going to accurately answer it now because people always (laughs) ask about my musical influences but I feel like 
my biggest artistic influence has been my English teachers and them giving me good books to read and giving me tools to help me write and develop as a writer. And I felt like a lot of that came from my English classes, Mm -hmm. even more so than records to some degree, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess it's really interesting because I guess from a writing perspective, listening, because I... I've written music before and like sometimes I do it on the side. This is not to like plug myself, but from experience, I feel like if you listen to too much music, it's really overwhelming because if Mm. you have a song stuck in your head, that's what you're going to try and write. So (laughs) true. Like some people like, like when they're like writing or like, you know, an album, they'll actually not listen to any music. Yeah. Shut off. I feel like that makes sense because if you're being so overstimulated by listening to music all the time, like you might just unknowingly, it goes both ways, I guess, because mm. it's really cool to be influenced by something. But at the same time, there's so many times where I've like sat down and have this song stuck in my head or this like little riff and then I try and remake it like yeah. on Ableton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how do you yeah. go about that? Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, I think sometimes if I listen to some kind of, especially like hot album right now or like, you know what I mean, like some hot track, Mm. and I can kind of get it into my head that I should be writing that, Mm. you know, like, oh, I should be writing like this, like, people want to hear this, but then when you sit down to try to write what you think other people want to hear, then I, for me, nothing comes out at that point, or it's just, it doesn't feel good. Mm. Yeah, it's true. For sure. I agree. But I guess like that's why like it's great that you kind of mentioned, you know, writers actually being key influence because then you're not actually saturating yourself with with like music mm. that kind of bleeds through. Yeah. And I guess like the more that you you read, I guess the better your vocabulary <laughs> that's I can't speak, it's too early. The more you read, <laughs> the better your vocabulary becomes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they can suggest words to you or like a turn of phrase. Mm. or an image or a feeling yeah. yeah i i agree are you reading anything at the moment i'm curious i used to work in a library so i love, <laughs> I love books yeah um i've been really into this woman and i feel like she's actually gonna be she's influencing this next record that we're at some point gonna start recording but her name is Marion Woodman, and she is a psychoanalyst. She actually died last year, and she's Jungian. And I've, I think I'm on, like, her sixth book. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, she works a lot with symbols and metaphors and, like, finding psychological healing through comparative mythology, if this makes sense. Yeah, but, like, yeah, looking cool. into old stories and comparing different you know cultures and um you know myth making and storytelling and using that as a vehicle for psychological healing Mm. and i feel like that's helped me write songs because i i feel like i write songs to help me find my way through spiritual and emotional uh, tension or struggle, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, That's yeah, yeah, I've been it's... into that. I'm on that trip lately. Yeah, <laughs> I love like. Is it is it nonfiction then? Her her yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. I was it gonna is. say, and she she yeah. like she includes a lot of poems and pieces oh, of art, yeah. and she kind of breaks them down for their symbols and metaphors. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's, cool. it's stimulating to me, and I think is stimulating as a writer to read. Yeah, awesome. I like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love like self help books or those kind of nonfiction, um, almost like spiritual books. Yeah. I yeah, <laughs> but I also love like the mythology side of it, and like you know exploring old folklore. Like mm. that's always really fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like well, strong... because I think that's what we're doing as songwriters ultimately not to get too lofty but you know myth making Mm. I guess that was also something that's something that 
Joseph Campbell was talking about, okay, I am going lofty now, but <laughs> this idea that artists are the modern day myth makers and there isn't, there's not a, a central myth that we all live by anymore. You know, there's so many of us and we're not living under one ideology like tribes maybe once did. So songwriters are kind of, or not even songwriters, artists in general are, we're all kind of creating our own myths now. And I like, I like that idea and working with that idea. Yeah, for sure. Like I think storytelling is inherent, I guess, to humanity and Mm. without it, like, I think, yeah, I don't think we'd be here. We need something to put our emotions in. (laughs) In. Um, (laughs) I guess like going from that. Yeah. Going from book recommendations, let's go to music (laughs) recommendations. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, So, We'll do our What's On Our Playlist segment. Um, did you want to kick it off or do you want one of us to kick off the music sharing? <laughs> I want to hear what you guys got. All right. Okay. Do you have one or do you want me to go first? Um, you can go first. Why okay. Uh, I feel like I was too excited for that and now <laughs> I'm like, ah, I don't know what song to pick. Um, I'll pick a song. <laughs> I pick a song called Saturdays. It's by Twin Shadows and it features Hyme. And I honestly don't know how I came across this song. I feel like it was, you know, when you finish a Spotify playlist and then it starts just like recommending stuff that like it goes to the radio. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was through there. It reminds me of a song that would be on like a John Hughes movie. Oh, that's cool. It's like really, it's just fun and it sounds kind of a little bit retro. Like it has that kind of funky bass, but then the guitars are very vibrant and like almost like glittery Mm. in something that I would find. I know that's just what it reminds me of is like a John Hughes movie or some kind of teenage movie where like you know all the uh, main characters are you know at a school prom or something (laughs) cinematic yeah Yeah. very very cinematic Mm. but it's a and also I love Haim I think they're so cool I love Haim too very LA (laughs) very LA um yeah no it was very cool and I saw the I saw Haim live I think two years ago and they like the whole theater was full and really? it was like being honestly it was like being at like a one direction concert because anytime any of them would speak the whole crowd would scream and you couldn't hear them <laughs> that's always a great sign <laughs> and I, I didn't like obviously are they really all sisters they're all yeah they are and like apparently they're f- like their dad their mum and dad were also really musical and they had like a family band growing up i love that yeah. which is so cool you can tell watching them that they are like they're sharp mm. Mm. it's fun to watch them it's just so creative yeah that makes sense that they were their family was musical i feel like that gets reflected yeah a hundred percent yeah to check it out but um <laughs> anyway Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go or do you want me to go? <laughs> you go. All right, cool. Um, so this is a track that I discovered quite a while ago, but it's something that I've just been spinning, like, you know, for the past couple months. So this is from a South African-born artist, She's but she's based in Melbourne, called Eka Vandal. Um, yeah, so she's really cool because, like, she kind of combines, like, elements of, like, rock, ska, indie, like, metal, and some R&B as well. Um, which is just really cool. And um, she released her debut album a couple years ago and there's a song called Your Orbit. Which she did with another Australian artist called Sampa the Great. And this is this really cool like R&B track and they're kind of just, you know, Flipping back and forth, um, you know, with their raps. And, yeah, it's just a really cool kind of R&B track. But, yeah, so what is your first musical wreck? Yeah, I was thinking it might be cool because we were just talking about local music in California. If I just pick some local... Yeah, love definitely. Yeah. ...friends of ours. Um, so, as I said, our bass player, his girlfriend is Emily Gold and... Um, 
she just started a band called Cosmo Gold, and I'm singing at their EP release show tonight, and I just think it's a super amazing record. She's definitely like a sister songwriter that definitely one of those things when I listen to her, I feel like I'm kind of absorbing ideas, and I feel like it's a reciprocal thing, so that's that's really cool. They have a song called Drown the Fly. I think that's Yeah, I really love like the, I guess, like the Californian sound. And that's something that you were mentioning kind of like earlier, especially like, you know, with the fuzzy guitars, a bit mm. of country in yeah, it like as well. like surfy rock. There is, it's interesting having come from Arkansas and having lived here for a while now, um, just the country infusion uh, in, you know, Southern California and you got the Eagles mm. and they're from here, but you know, that, how country kind of merges with California sound. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting because I guess like in the same sense that, um, you know, all of these kind of like surfy rock or that Californian sound comes out of LA or California. Sydney also kind of has it too. There's all of these like beachy surf rock bands. It's just that indie sound. Near the beaches. Um, Yeah. But, um, no, it's really cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, should I pick a song? <laughs> yep, it's your turn. Triangle. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go also with another Australian artist called Stella Donnelly. She is... Yeah. yeah. You're a fan? <laughs> yes, yes. I see, I see her around. I actually, well, that's not really true. I can't say that I'm a fan. I've just heard of her and I've heard good things about her from people who musical taste yeah. i trust mm. yeah she i believe she's from perth so she's also i guess that's like the other side of australia yeah like, that's like a three-hour flight for us um but she so the song i was i picked is a song called you owe me you owe me you owe me I really like it's mainly just guitar and her vocals but I also really like the way that you can really hear that Australian perspective through her music mm. like the way that she even sings you owe me it's like you owe me like that's how she sings it yeah I love it when like different like like bands like actually put their own country's inflections into their music exactly and you can really tell but it's done in a tasteful way because yeah. I feel like sometimes when you sing in the Australian accent, it doesn't really sound nice. Um, <laughs> but she does it really nicely and I really like how it sounds. And the song, I saw her perform it on Tiny Desk. Um, yeah. And the way that she explained it, it was like her boss like owed her money or something and she was working at this pub and like she didn't, want to be there anymore (laughs) and then she wrote this song so it's yeah it's very cool and very honest as well Uh, who owed her money her boss yeah or like i think in the tiny desk when she explained it she was saying that she thought she was owed money but then she realized that she was actually getting paid like the week after like her pay date was the week after not the date that (laughs) Something like that. I, I'm probably like butchering the story, but if you have time, go and watch the <laughs> NPR Tiny Desk of Stella Donnelly. And she'll explain it. <laughs> but but yeah. Yeah. I hope she got paid. I hope so too. <laughs> but um, yeah, do you... Who's next? Jen? Actually, Valley Queen is next. Ooh. <laughs> hey? Yes. Gonna, so song? I'm going to pick um, Silver Tongue. Yeah. 
from um, your new album, Super Giant. Well, it's new for us because you guys released it last year, but it's it actually hasn't been released in Australia yet. Oh, it hasn't? Yeah. yeah. What's the release date? It's um, the 28th of June. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> when is it? The 28th of June. The 28th, that's right. Yeah. Ah, yeah, I know. Well, it's funny because I think it was digitally put out when it was released in America in your territories mm. and in the UK and I've been getting messages from people like in London he's like I listen to your album every day on the way to work and it's been taken down because they're re-releasing it so I think for like two months it was offline and we were getting all of these messages and I felt bad that I also feeling very flattered from all of the mm. people in those areas that are listening to it. I was like, that's cool. Mm, yeah. You need the album to come back up. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, so the reason that I picked Silver Tug um, is that I'm just such a sucker for like, you know, fuzzy rock hooks. And like that song is full of them. So yeah, it's a song I've really been vibing on. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, that's, that's one of the more angsty ones on the record, I think. And um we kind of just let that fly and we just ended it. I think it's an improvisation that's on the record. It's just like, we just kind of turn our guitars up and let them kind of just soar and feed back at the end and get pretty rowdy at shows. At the <laughs> yeah. That's like my favorite kind of music when just yeah. the guitar is just like, you know, I, yeah, I look, I'm a sucker for just like guitar rock. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, as, as much as I go back to, like, as much as I'll listen to pop or electronic, like, I can just always go back to any kind of guitar-heavy music. Those are my music. roots. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Me too. Mm. Me too. You know, there's just, like, nothing like I know. I, am, I, I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, do you have another track recommendation for us? Another showcase? Well, <laughs> we just went on tour with, um, our other LA friends, we were out on tour with them for a month. Um, their name is The Wild Reeds, and um, they're old friends of ours. Some of the girls, it's like three girls are the songwriter for the songwriters for the band, and they just have killer harmonies, and they've really just turned into a really cool rock band. Um, watching them over the years, and um, they just put out a new record called Cheers um, on Dual Tone Records and I really love a song on there called Telepathic Mail. And I don't know if you've been getting my missed cards They may not come by way of If you like guitar rock mm-hmm. I think I'll, I'll it'll be nice and shreddy for you. <laughs> you know, I'm loving all these LA recommendations. Yeah. Go back to listening to some of that that rock yeah mm. i feel like representing the friends today yeah no definitely it. it's the best way i need some more education because i feel like when i think of california rock i think of like best coast <laughs> which is i love yeah. best coast but i feel like there are so many other californian rock bands out there for sure yeah, that's funny that you say that, though, because our producer, Louis Pesikov, was actually Best Coast producer, and he did that first EP and that first album. Oh, yeah. With the cat on it. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Crazy for you? Lo-fi, dreamy shit. Yeah, and, like, their song Boyfriend, it's such a typical, like, I I really love Best Coast. Like, I'm definitely not talking down on them. I actually really love them. <laughs> um, But, yeah, very, like, I don't know. That's what what I think of from my thousand kilometers away. <laughs> ah. But um, yeah, yeah, because, but no, that's that's really cool. I definitely would love to delve into more Californian artists. You know what? I might well. go on a binge this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because yeah, people that I've some people, not everyone. This is I don't know how general this consensus is but i've spoken to a few people who always compare like la to sydney because the traffic Mm. is really bad the weather is like it's always hot (laughs) and yeah if you're a musician in australia you probably would go to sydney out of all places maybe melbourne as well very true um 
Yeah, yeah very interesting. Yeah. I know, I'm getting a sense that there's definitely like a LA Sydney thing. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it might, because also the beaches. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder the how traps. many people live in Sydney. Oh, like eight or nine million? Yeah, I think. something about that. Yeah, all right. Like Australia is so big, but almost I think it's either seventy or eighty percent of our population live within forty kilometers of the beach. Yeah. So everyone is very coastal. Let's go into our track in depth track uh review, our little explanation. So this is where you can pick a track, one of your band songs. It could be one from the upcoming album for Australians or the album that you released last year. Um or and yeah any kind of song that you've released that has a cool story or an interesting meaning anything that you would like to unpack break down we give the mic to you yeah <laughs> to completely free reign yeah. go for it well i feel like i'm most excited right now about you know we're putting the album out super giant out again but um in your territories it's gonna come with two bonus tracks that, oh, have, that cool. have been previously unreleased um so I'm really excited about those because I feel like they're different than the rest of the album, and that's why I chose them to be the singles. But I think that they, um, we recorded these songs last, especially in the garden. And- And is this 12-string guitar like something that, you know, you've, you know, played, you know, a lot? Or is it something that you only recently have kind of brought in for these tracks? I don't own a 12-string guitar. I actually played our producer's 12-string. I want to play it more. It's just I normally play, I play like a Firebird solid body electric guitar, you know, and that's Mm. kind of me shaped a lot of our sound we have like a very electric sound but 12 string i just love it for the open tuning stuff for the down tuning it just creates this kind of resonant world and you can kind of create um it can it can almost enter into this like eastern like kind of sound Mm. that is just different and appealing and um something a new kind of sound for us i think yeah that's awesome yeah i'm really keen to hear these bonus tracks yeah excited being what made you decide talking about that track to just go in with like guitar and vocals was there any discussion to um ex like ex- expand it with other track like other other instruments or were you just kind of was it like a spur of the moment thing of just i just want to play this song and record it mm. Um, that's a good question. I felt like I wrote the song later in the album process. Mm. So in some ways, I feel like it was just like we've arranged all of these other songs and we haven't arranged this one because it came later down the line. Mm. And, you know, I think I also really love that song because I'm exploring some new guitar areas and 
I think just taking a moment to just let the guitar parts just stand on their own and letting the vocals stand on their own and um, yeah, just out of a desire to explore that and explore quieter moments, you know, like we've been mm-hmm. a rock band for years now and we definitely know how to get loud and turn our boots on and turn our, you know, our uh, fuzz pedals on. Mm. And that's so fun, and that's what we love to do. But I think it's good to also challenge yourself and steal your way through territory that maybe you haven't been trying. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And um, have you been playing any of these uh, bonus tracks live? Yeah, we actually just played an L.A. show um, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. And um, because these new bonus tracks are coming out, we're starting to prepare arrangements for them to do live. And we had our first acoustic section of, uh, of a set ever on that Wednesday night. And that was, it's just fun to try new things out and get uncomfortable and be like, I don't, I'm not used to doing this. I'm not used to just holding a mic and singing without a guitar in my hands, you know? Let's see what that feels like. And, you know, I think when you're willing to become uncomfortable, respond to that and they can usually pick up that you're trying something new and that's exciting that's like what you want to see at shows I think people Mm. trying new things out yeah definitely yeah I guess say continuing on the fact that you just played your first acoustic or I guess that you're arranging that have you ever having been like playing rock music for so long have you ever thought of like changing up your sound or starting like a side project that's not rock at all like has that ever crossed your mind or are you very kind of set on what you're currently doing (laughs) yeah you know I'm feeling my way through that and what that means I don't feel like this need to like go solo or anything because even if I went solo I would be like well I still want a band and this is the band that I want you know Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't think about it in that way, but I do think it's a good exercise to play with other people and record with other people. Me and Sean actually just co-wrote this song with our friend Robert DeLong, who is an electronic artist. Have y'all heard of him? He kind of, he delves more into the EDM world, Mm. but I know he plays Australia a lot, so I was just throwing that out there Mm. to see. Um... But yeah, I mean, that's completely different than what I'm used to playing. But, you know, that was fun. And then Sean um, is recording this ambient album, and then I was only playing guitar on that. And that was fun to just approach an album as a guitar player instead of as a songwriter and a singer. Um, So yeah, I mean, I've never no official project, side project, but definitely trying to stay keeping my toes in different areas you know yeah that's awesome yeah like definitely I think like you know to be able to find new ways to experiment you know within your current format and you know flipping between like actually songwriting and then actually just approaching it from a guitar perspective like I think that's really cool to just kind of experiment with both yeah it takes different parts of your brain Mm. well I guess like we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but we also still have a little bit of a last. It's, I guess, cool that you talk about that because when you were sort of saying, you know, playing on other people's records or playing live with them, collaborating, it's interesting because I think that that's the cool part of music at the mm. moment is that you could like don't necessarily have to be tied by the one band that you're in. You have that freedom to, I guess, like experiment and those tools are there for you to like put up a demo that you made on logic or play around with things. And I feel like maybe, I don't know if maybe this is just my opinion. Maybe there's people who were like, you should only play in your own band, but it's cool to um, be able to have that like fluidity in the music. Yeah, I I agree. Um, It's like a relationship, like any other relationship. Like you can't, like I'm gonna get everything that I need artistically and creatively from this one unit and they're Mm. gonna satisfy all my needs like in the way that you think of a partner you know to me it's like it's very similar Mm. you have to 
you have to have friends and you have to have a community around you or new things that you're trying to push you forward because I, you know, if I start to get too focused on what the band is doing, you know, I, I have to have other avenues coming in and giving creative stimulation because mm-hmm. you can't put that much pressure on just one project, you know? Yeah, yeah. definitely. You just got to keep creating, like, you know, on an individual level, like I think. So, yeah, it's good to kind of you know, flip in and out of the band headspace. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I and guess, musically yeah. or not, like, yeah, there's a lot of ways to be creative. Do you mm. – that actually goes pretty well into what I was just about to ask you. Are there any things outside of music that you, like, participate in or, like, do you have any other hobbies unrelated to music? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like – what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I like to um, – I'm a big runner. I like to, um, I have LA, I live kind of in a hilly area and I go on runs a lot. That does a lot for me. That's, I guess that's a hobby. Running is a hobby as well as exercise, but I do it as a hobby. I also really like to, um, sew and knit and I, I, um, I crow, no, it's not crocheting, embroider. I embroider merchandise for Valley Queen, and Mm. I make these little homemade patches for people to buy, and I really like that. It's cool to see people come to our shows and show me the patches that I've embroidered, you know, sewn to the back pocket of their blue jeans or, like, on their jean jacket or something. Mm. I like Mm. doing that. It's very cool and personal. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else? <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, I just play music and um, go on walks and there you go. <laughs> so I guess like in terms of like, you know, going back to the sewing, because I really love that kind of, you know, handcrafted DIY kind of thing. Like, is that something that like you learned from your mom? Like, where did that kind of hobby, you know, spur out of? I actually, that's a good question, because I actually picked that up from the Wild Reads, because, you know, we went on a tour with them for the first tour about three years ago, and I felt like I was really learning um, about being on tour, and ways to handle being on tour, Mm. and ways to take care of yourself, and ways to pass the time so you're not on your phone for, you know, the whole eight-hour car ride. And, um, you know, you bring things with you that you like to do. I love to read. I love to find new books. I love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. And that's why I was actually really excited to come on today. Because I feel like I've been listening to so many podcasts. (laughs) And now you get to be the star of one. Yeah. (laughs) What are some of your favorites? How am I going to perform? I'm like, I'm just so used to listening to them. And I love kind of just being a voyeur and listening to other people's conversations. I'm like, actually, I'm just... Yeah, it's like, what do I do? <laughs> um, but yeah, what are some of your favorite pods? Podcasts, I love. Yeah. What are some of your favorite podcasts to listen to? Um, uh, there's a new podcast that just came out recently with Lena Dunham. I know everybody's got different opinions of her, which is kind of what this podcast is about. She's like exploring women that have been in the public light. Uh, in the pub, like kind of in the middle of the public sphere, and women that we kind of consider bad or naughty or crazy, like mm. we use the word crazy a lot, like women we've deemed crazy, you know, like people, like I think they did what on Mariah Carey, but just kind of looking back into these women's lives and maybe what drove them to make these you know, a lot of times poor decisions, but they're also in the public sphere and the public sphere comes down very hard on you Mm. when you slip up or you make a mistake. And especially, I think women especially. So just creating a dialogue about that and they kind of just go into different women's lives. I really love that podcast. I love Mark Maron's WTF podcast. Um... I've been listening to Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast. Oh, what's that about? Um, well, do you know Dak Shepard? 
Yeah, he was on Parenthood, right? Was he on Parenthood? The show Parenthood? Have you ever seen that show? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know a lot about Jack Shepard's career. (laughs) I don't know how I I got drawn to his podcast, but I don't really know a lot about him. But he... um, He's been in AA for a long time, and he's a recovering addict, and um, a lot of his language is, he's not necessarily, like, he's not only talking to addicts, he talks to a lot of different people, and, mm-hmm. you know, is just curious about people, but I think he definitely, there's something about his podcast that's about, like, wellness and um, acknowledging sobriety, because there's a lot of people that have had to get sober, and go to AA meetings, but it's maybe not talked about as much in the mainstream. So I appreciate that podcast. Yeah, that's cool. Like, that's what I really love about podcasts is that they kind of make a lot of the time, like non-mainstream topics accessible to people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, look, I guess that now I want to go and listen to some more podcasts yeah. or like read some books. Um, but that was, yeah, very interesting, like a very thought provoking um, conversation for a, a more a morning for us, I Absolutely. guess. Absolutely. Um, but I guess yeah, I know it's pretty early for all this talk. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess like to round off the show for our listeners, um, where can they find you? You've got the album coming out in Australia on the twenty eighth of June. Um. Yeah. How can they get in touch with you? How can they listen more? <laughs> um. I would I would direct you to our Instagram probably Valley Queen Music. You know you can Google dot com us. We're on the interweb. <laughs> Facebook. We can be found. We're not we're not too hard to find. Cool. Our yeah. bass player said today he's like I am easily stabbable, which I thought was funny. Stabbable. It's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we're trackable. Yeah, it's yeah. the digital footprint, isn't it? We're all we can you can find anyone. So true. On um yeah. Even like with LinkedIn, you you know where everybody works. Yeah, can be a little bit creepy sometimes. <laughs> um but anyway, let's round it off there. Valley Queen, we've got the album coming out. Very excited very to hear these exciting. bonus tracks. <laughs> yeah, very exciting. Um thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. This has been really awesome and very insightful. Yeah, what a lovely chat. Thank you for having me, ladies. Yeah. You're listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound.